Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. So as we dive into the Word today, I want you to prepare your hearts. I want you to get ready. Um, I've gotten to be a part of our church now since 2000, I think the year 2000. I met my wife here. We've got three beautiful kids now. Um, and I'm grateful for a church family. Are you grateful for the person you're sitting next to? Come on, turn to him and say, you look so good today. Come on, at Ascension, turn to that neighbor and say, hey, you popped too many fireworks last night. I know I'm getting old when it's like 11 o'clock and I'm like, why? Why? Don't they know I have a 10-month-old? Please stop in the name of Jesus. Ascension, we love you. Denim Springs, you probably lit some things on fire. Um, but today I wanna talk to you about how to biblically exit one year and enter into the next. I wanna talk to you today, not from my opinion or my thoughts or my emotions, but what the Word of God says of how we should exit one year and enter into the next year. God, we love you and we thank you so much for today. Father, we thank you that your Word is true. God, we thank you that even though there are many false things that are hitting us in the face every single day with culture and news and social media, there is one person that has not changed, and that's you. And so, Lord, today we honor you, we magnify you, we lift up our our hearts to you, God, and we just pray that you would have your way today. Father, that I would step out of the way, and Holy Spirit, you step in. We have not shown up today, God, for a person. We've shown up for a Savior. And so, God, today we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, January 20, I mean, January 1st, 2023, you've made it. You're here. How many of you were tempted to sleep in a little bit this morning? Oh, somebody said, nope. I'm gonna let you know today, Pastor, I was not sleeping in. But you're here, and honestly, the new year, it makes me feel, ugh, because you encounter so many different type of stereotypes when January 1st hits. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get... You get these different people who have these different mindsets just because it's gone from December 31st to January 1st. Um, and ending one year and starting the next year kind of stresses me out just a little bit uh, because all the different stereotypes. And I want to have a little bit of fun here. And as I'm going through these um, made-up characters, if you are sitting next to someone that you believe may resemble that character, I want you to point to them. Okay. <laughs> And don't have any shame. You know, we always say, come as you are. Well, let's point out people as they are today, too. Um, <clears throat> praise God. Um, but I thought about this first guy. I call this guy Fired Up Frankie. This guy is just excited. He's like, man, it's the best year yet. I can feel it. This is my year. And then you're like, why, Frankie? And he's like, I don't know. I just feel it. He's fired up. And then the next person I think about, I call this one Resolution Ricky, okay? This person has more resolutions on their list than they do Bible verses on their list. It's like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and it's a new year because it's a new me. How many of you have seen those posts yet? If you posted it, I'm not coming at you, I'm just pointing you out. Um, and then you got negative Nancy, you know? She's like, different year. One thing needs to be different, Ricky, is your waistline. You know what I mean? This lady, she's just, she's just telling people how it is all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Then you got political Perry. If your name's Perry, I'm sorry. But Perry's the guy that's like, hey, the thing that needs to change this year is them gas prices, okay? Let me tell you how this country needs to be ran, you know? And they have 17, you know, historical theories of why our country is the way it is. And then you got this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of this guy. I call this guy Careless Carl. He doesn't even know it's January 1st today. 
The rest of the world is fired up and excited about the new year, and this guy has no idea. Oh, oh, that's what the sounds were last night, fireworks. Okay, so you have all these different stereotypes, and maybe you know people like this, or maybe you are one of those people, and I am for goals, and I am for resolutions, and I'm for dreaming, and I'm for sitting down, Marla and Annie, and making budgets, and you know, I, I usually put on worship music, and then it got to the point where Brooke was like, why don't you just go pray, and I'll do the budget. And then all of our money went to Virgo Boutique, and I don't know what happened, but... I'm for goals, I'm for resolutions, I'm for all these things. However, are you more focused on what you're doing this year or are you gonna be more focused on who you're becoming? Are you leaving behind anything that you should take with you? Are you taking anything with you that you should leave behind? And it is a new year, but can I encourage you? He is still the same God. It is a, a new year, but God has not changed one single Bit. I know we want to change. I know we want to get better. I know some of us maybe, including myself, want to lose a, a few pounds. Our, our, our youngest child is 10 months old. I can no longer say this is the baby weight, Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave is like, you know, I, you might want to come work out with me. I'm like, Chick-fil-A sounds better. So, but I know that we want to change, but I can encourage you today that Hebrews 13.8 is true as it's always been that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing and, and I want to encourage you that I know it is a new year today, the first day. There won't be another day like today. But maybe, just maybe, God does not want to dismiss all of 2022. I believe that sometimes we use our hype and our excitement to enter into a new year to try to escape some things that happen in an old year. And I know that we all get excited about what I like to call the pursuit, the pursuit of a new business, Come on, the pursuit of a spouse, maybe the pursuit of trying to grow your family, maybe a healthier lifestyle, a new you, a, a stronger relationship with God, a promotion, a better mindset for your mental health. And I'm all about pursue, 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 but the thing that precedes pursuit is perspective. Can somebody say perspective today? Because see, pursue means to follow in order to overtake, but perspective is the way in which you see things. So while pursuit requires taking steps, perspective requires your sight. And Sunday, January 1st, is, today is not about the steps you're going to take. It is about the perspective in which you will see the year that is right in front of you. So I ask you today, what do you see? What is driving your perspective? Because if your perspective is culture-driven and culture is constantly changing, you will take a look in the middle of your pursuit and get discouraged because you will get confused and think that because culture is changing, that God is changing. Anybody ever get worried about the world and then get worried about God? And think, oh no, what is he gonna do? Hey, he's gonna do the same thing he's been doing for the last thousands of years. He's gonna sit on the throne and be the king of kings. That's who he is. And so because that's who he is, that's what he does. So I don't wanna talk about what you're gonna do today. I wanna talk about who God is today. If you're money-driven, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look back and in the middle of June or July of this year, of 2023, and you're gonna see that possibly there may be a dollar sign on the throne room of your life instead of God on the throne room of your life. And some of us, we love to have our task and to-do list. Anybody got any to-do list? Any women already given your husbands a few things to do this year? Oh, y'all are Christians, that's beautiful. Okay, so <clears throat> there's these to-do lists and we get things done and, 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 and we mark things off. However, we can do a whole lot, but not develop a whole lot. And so this year, I wanna ask you to take a look at your 
perspective. And I'd like to take the next couple of moments and take a look at a group, but not just any group. I'd like to take a look at God's chosen people. Come on, somebody say the Israelites. And they were consumed with pursuing the promised land, but in the middle of their pursuit, their perspective was completely wrong. And they were more caught up in the destination rather than the transformation. They were more caught up in the deliverance rather than their own obedience. And so for the next 24 minutes and 24 seconds, I would like to read two verses out of Deuteronomy chapter eight. I'd like to give you some points of perspective. I'd like to share some personal stories about my kids. Paul, you always talk about my kids. Don't judge me, I love my kids. But I'd also like for us to open up our heart, open up our mind and see what God wants to do. Can I have an amen? And so Moses is speaking to the children of the Israelites right here. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, he says this. He says, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And what you gotta know is, is Moses is speaking to the children of the Israelites while they are still yet in the wilderness. These children that he's talking to, they were born in the wilderness. And the oldest person in this group of Israelite kids is 59 years old. Some of you feel young today because I just said the oldest kid is 59 years old. But I wanna give you a little more context. In Numbers 13, they send out 12 spies to go in and explore the, the land of Canaan. And 10 of them come back with a negative report. And many of us know Joshua and Caleb come back with a, a good report. but they begin to complain and talk negative and refuse to go into the land. And Caleb is doing his best. He's trying to convince them that the land is good for the taking, but they all keep complaining. So God gets fed up, and in Numbers 14, God says, because of your complaining, you will not occupy the land I swore to you. As a matter of fact, you went in and you explored the land of Canaan for 40 days, and now I'm going to allow you, in my grace, I'm going to allow you to wander for the next 40 years. And anyone, God says this, anyone who is 20 years or older, over the next 40 years, you're gonna die off. And eventually, the younger generation will get to go into the land. He, he tells them in Numbers 14, basically, hey, you are going to reap the sin that you've sown. Side note here, if you don't like the things that you've been reaping in 2022, you may wanna check what you are planning to sow in 2023. And so here we are in Deuteronomy chapter eight and Moses is talking to the children of these people who did not listen to him, that complained, that did not believe that God was big enough, faithful enough, strong enough, wise enough to help them conquer the land of Canaan and Moses is giving the same speech to these kids that he gave to, to their parents and with that context now I want you to listen to this, these two verses one more time. The whole commandment that I command you today, children, is you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness and that he might humble you. He might humble you. We don't like that part. Testing you to know what, what, what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And Moses is giving the Israelite kids three points in just two verses. And today I'd like for these scriptures to be the magnifying glass in which we look at how we should step into this new year. And so verse one, he says, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in 
and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. I'd like to give you a perspective point today. The first one is this is just simply look forward. This is all about projection. Because the people I believe in life who go the farthest are the ones who drive through life without rearview mirrors. And Moses tells them to go in and possess the land. It's not a matter of if the land is open for occupancy. He is challenging them, is your heart open for obedience? Do you understand, church, that there is a land, there is something that is in front of you for this year that God would love to give you, but you have not walked into it yet? And that the key for occupancy is directly connected to your obedience. And so you can sit here and you can go throughout this next year. We have 364 days left. You can go throughout this next year and you can take a lot of photos of what you would want or you can conquer the land of what God has given you already. Moses is telling these children, hey, God tried to give this to your parents, but they didn't listen. And it's your turn. And so I want you to look forward, children. I want you to go in and possess the land. And so no matter whether you're nine years old today or no matter whether you're 99 years old today, we are all children of God. And the world is full of enough Christians who are too content with just sightseeing. God needs more Christians, more sons, more daughters who are willing to conquer the land that is in front of them. You have to look forward and not back. You have to understand that you have the ability to look back, but this year you have to have a faith that says, I'm not even gonna allow that to be an option. Because God needs Christians, he needs sons, he needs daughters who are willing to look forward and conquer the land. I remember many years ago when I was in high school, some of our youth leaders took us on a trip to Tennessee and we rented a cabin and then we wanted to go see some waterfalls. And so we looked up one of the most popular waterfalls and we all hopped in the cars and we drove to this waterfall. And as we came around the curve of this waterfall, there's tons of cars, so many cars. And then there's that little guardrail. We should probably have these in everywhere in Louisiana, even on flat line, but it's a metal guardrail. And it's keeping people from, from going over the side of the edge of a mountain or into a river. Or, and so we park our car near there like everybody else was doing. And we stand there and we start doing with everybody else. Hundreds of people, seriously, is packed out. And we're, we're taking pictures and we're snapping them. Hey, we got to take a picture of us and cheese and, you know. And then I can't remember who our leader or one of my friends said, are we just going to take a photo? We looked at him like, what? He's like, bro, all these people are gonna walk back with photos. Why don't we like go to the waterfall? And so we did what any group of young Christian men would do. We did not obey the law. So we hopped over this metal guardrail and then there's a river and I found this out that year in my life at 16 years old. There are places in the world, Louisiana, where there's rivers and the water moves. Louisiana, go in these bayous and the water just sits there like toilet water. But in Tennessee, the water moves. And so we begin to climb down these rocks a little bit and we begin to cross through this river. And there was a point where we were going through the river. I looked at my friends and we all kind of had that nervous look on our face when you're doing something illegal. And you thought, man, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Because the water, the undercurrent was just And one of my leaders said, we're just gonna have to kick off and swim. Like we can't keep walking through this river. And so somebody said, one, two, three, and we all just jumped off the bottom of that, the rock bed we were at and just started swimming. And we got to the other side, and there's about another 7,500 yards that we had to walk across rocks to get to the waterfall. And then we got there, and we we're all huffing and puffing, and then we made it. 
And then, I'll never forget this moment, I can still see it in my mind. I turn around and I look back. We're standing in this waterfall and water's hitting us, which was very heavy. And we're all laughing and cutting up and I turn around and look at everybody and there's hundreds of people taking photos. (laughs) Trying to get a picture of just the waterfall. But I thought about that today as I bring you the news to look forward. You can either take the pictures or you can be in the picture. You can either talk about the things that you see in front of you or you can conquer the things that are in front of you. We can continue to pray passionate yet stern prayers of God, would you do this? And he says, I've actually already done it. It's the land that I have in front of you. Will you look forward? And here Moses is talking to the children of the Israelites and he's saying, go in. Come on, somebody say, go in. Too many people today have the, the anthem of stay where you are instead of go in. Too many people have the anthem today instead of going, go in and possess the land. Hey, let's take a picture of somebody else possessing the land and pray that God would give us what they had, yet we're not willing to do the work that they did to get where they're at. We as Christians, as sons and daughters, we have to look forward. We have to go in and possess the land. Stop listening to the voices that are behind you. Look forward and realize that God is going, you're my daughter. I love you. You're my son. You're strong enough. Go in and possess the land. Go in and possess the land. Somebody is going to tell you something negative probably after church and just tell yourself, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. Man, you're going to have the same year as last year. No, actually, I'm going in this year. How? I I don't know. I just know that a a little Italian preacher said that if I would understand that it's not about God's availability, it's about my obedience. Because he's always available. I'm going to go in and I'm going to possess the land. So he tells them the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And then the first part of verse two, he says, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the, in the wilderness. I want to tell somebody today, point number two is you need to look backward. Hold on, Paul. Time out. You just got all fired up. And so the best people in life live life with no rear view mirrors. And now you're telling me not only to look forward, you're telling me to look backwards. But looking forward is about projection. Looking backward is about reflection. Numbers 14, do you know that God actually wanted to kill every single person? He wanted to kill all of Israel. And Moses tells God, God, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't wipe out all of Israel. If you do that, the Egyptians are not gonna believe you are who you say you are. They're not gonna believe that you're a God who, who keeps your promises. So that's when God scales it back and he says, okay, I won't kill every person, but every single person who's 20 years and older, a part of this older generation, I'm gonna have them all die off in the wilderness over the next 40 years. And only the children will go forward. So now, before the children are about to enter into the promised land, Moses says to them, and you shall remember the whole way. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness church. It is exciting. It is so exciting to look forward, but it is empowering to look backward. That when you can look backwards and you can reflect on the faithfulness of God. God, I may have been wandering, but I know that you were never wandering. God, I know that we were hungry in the wilderness, but you always provided for us. God, the very breath that I'm breathing, I understand that it is borrowed air from you. So no matter what 2022 looked like for you, I promise you that you can see God's faithfulness somewhere in your life. There are 365 days that just passed you by. Can you find one day that God was faithful to you? Can you find two days that God was faithful to you? 
I'm not talking about if you got what you wanted. I'm asking you if he gave you what you needed. I read this scripture and, and, and people will talk about, I just want to be happy. I've come to the point in my, in my 31 years, not that it's that old, because I'm not. I don't want to be that old. But I've come to this point that I'm just convinced maybe God did not send his son to die for my happiness. Maybe there's seasons where I've got to persevere through. And where I feel like nothing is happening, I can look back and remember his faithfulness. That, that alone should give me strength. That alone should give me courage. That alone should empower me to go, I don't know what lies in front of me, but I can look behind me and go, God, you are faithful. And in that alone should be enough for me to go, you know what? Faith is not about sight, it's about believing. So even if somebody blindfolded me, I can still walk forward into 2023 remembering, and, and, and remembering does not require sight, it just requires heart. I can look back and go, God, you've been faithful. I think about my, my son, Elijah. I get, I get the honor to do car duty with the kids every morning. Some of you are laughing because you know that's a hit or miss in most days. And so I load up the girls and I load up Eli in the car and we'll go to Oak Grove Primary and we'll pull in the parking lot. And we'll pull around and we'll do our prayer and then we'll get to the drop-off lane and I'll drop them off and he get out the back of the car. He'll run around to my driver's side door. He'll give me a hug and he looks me in the eyes and said, Dad, don't forget. I was like, I'm not gonna forget, son. And then I shut the door and I rolled down the window immediately. And then there's about a, about a 50-yard walk from the drop-off zone to getting into the school. And he walks really slow. Because he's my son. Moose says, don't do anything fast except eat food. So he walks slow and he waits for me to pull around. And as he is about to enter into the school, I am about to drive away from the school. And he looks at me and I roll my window down and he puts the I love you sign up. And I put it back to him. And sometimes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here, sometimes I'll yell out my window, I love you, son! I love you, dad! I'm in that point right now where he, he still thinks I'm kind of cool. I know the expiration date is coming. Like, if I do that, like, his ninth grade year of high school, he's going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> but as he's about to enter into and I'm about to drive off, throw down the window, I love you. He puts it back up. And we did this for a couple of weeks in a row. After the first couple of weeks, we were talking about it. I said, son, you know what I love every morning? He goes, when we say I love you, I said, dude, it's my favorite part of the day. And he asked me this question. He said, dad, do you know why I do that? I'm not kidding you. I cannot make this up. I said, why, Eli? He goes, because it gives me courage before I'm about to go into school. And y'all know me, I mean, I'm, I'm not emotional most of the time, but. Man, I was like, whew. Every day my son is about to enter into a school full of unknowns. But the one thing that is known is that his father loves him. And I wanna encourage you. You're about to enter into a year of unknowns. As a matter of fact, we're already here. Matter of fact, it seems like some of the unknowns of 2022 has carried over into this year. But I promise you this, you can always look to your heavenly father and know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you shall remember, Moses says, the whole way that God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Church, you can look forward and God is there. You can look backwards and God is there. Psalms 139, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning 
and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I know that the world is flaky and unpredictable. Can I remind you that God is faithful? I know that many people in your world right now are very conditional, but can I remind you that God is unconditional? I know some relationships are only seasonal, but a relationship with God, listen to me, church, is not even meant to last a lifetime. It is meant to last an eternity. And you shall remember the whole way that God was with you. I can think of many of friends and people who've dropped out halfway, who've walked out when I was in a dry season, who, who stepped away when I didn't have much to offer or snuck away when something better or someone better came along. And what happens in that moment is we tend to get bitter and upset and even sometimes hateful. But can I encourage you with this? Be reminded, not every relationship will last. Not every friendship will be able to weather every season. Matter of fact, before you go into day two of this year, go ahead and count in a certain percentage of people who won't be with you on day 365 of this year. Remember, God wanted to kill all of Israel. And Moses stepped up and said, no, God, not everyone. So God says, okay, but anyone 20 years or older, they're gonna die off in the next 40 years. And then I will allow, in my grace, I will allow the children of the Israelites to go in. Can you imagine the conversations over the next 40 years? 40 years of people constantly dying. 40 years of not only grief, but also gratitude. And imagine the conversations among the Israelite children. I just lost my mom, but I know that I'm one step closer to the promised land. Imagine on your 29 a friend goes up to another friend and says, man, how you doing? And this, this friend burst into tears. And through sobbing down his face, he says, man, I, my dad just passed away and I'm, I'm, I'm hurting so bad. I'm grieving so deeply because he is no longer with us. But I also have so much gratitude because I know that we are one step closer to the promised land. So much gratitude, so much grief over 40 years. And I want you to look backwards right now at the year 2022. What is not meant to come with you? What wilderness friendships are supposed to stay in the wilderness? What wandering habits need to be buried from last year? What may be hard to let go of, but would actually be 10 times harder if you brought it with you into the next year? Paul, can I carry it a little longer? Paul, can I entertain this relationship just for a few more months? The mindset isn't affecting anyone else except me. Okay, but if... If you don't get rid of what is useless, God will use you less. If you make the decision to hold on to things that were not meant to come with you, and you do not get rid of what is useless, God will potentially begin to use you less. And that is not due to a lack of God's capacity. That is due to a lack of our submission. Alan Redpath, he says this. He says, when God wants to do an impossible task, he takes an impossible man and he crushes him. So I tell you today, church, embrace the crushing. That God wants to do so much through you, but he first needs to crush some things out of you and out of me. He needs to crush some habits. He may need to crush some friendships. He may need to crush some mindsets. But why, Paul, why would he want to crush so much out of me? Well, let's go back to the word. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? That he might humble you. Uh, anybody else want to draw a line through that in your Bible? Not underline it, like, duh. That he may humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Perspective point number three. So you, you, you look forward, you look backward. I'm asking you today for the next five minutes just to look inward. 
to look inward. We've got projection forward. We've got reflection backward, but we have inspection on the inside. Yet even in his crushing, it's a beautiful canvas of God's faithfulness. How? Because God's crushing is not meant to kill. God's crushing is meant to cultivate. And it's hard to cultivate that in which you have not inspected. Cultivate means to prepare and to use. Come on, somebody say prepare. Come on, somebody else say use. What is God wanting this year? You know what he wants? He wants your whole heart. What did he want in 2022? Your whole heart. What did he want in 21, 2013, 2007, the very day that I was born, April 19th, 1991? You know what God wanted for me? Even as an infant in my mother's arms, he wanted my whole heart. But it takes inspecting. It takes cultivating. And not just one day, not just one week, not just one month of cultivation, not just one year, but a lifetime of cultivation. Because every time that something is crushed out of us, it makes room for God to be more on the inside of us. And as long as you are on this side of heaven, God will continue to cultivate without ceasing. But Paul, sometimes the crushing feels like it's killing me. No, 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 my friend. It's not killing you. There was already somebody that's been killed for you. What does, what does Paul say, the apostle in Philippians chapter two? He says this, he says, you must have. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, which in the Greek means emptied himself. And he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself. He humbled himself in what? In obedience. In obedience to who? To God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest, to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. The name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of who? Myself? No, to the glory of our, even our church? No, not even our church. To the glory of God the Father, the one that created you, the one that was there when you look forward, the one that was there when you look backward, the one that's there when you're looking on the inside. So I tell you today, church, what the enemy meant for devastation, God used for cultivation. Again, cultivation is to prepare and to use. And Satan thought that he buried Jesus, but little did he know he actually just planted Jesus. Because when something dies, it goes in a tomb and it's supposed to stay in a tomb. But God said no on day one, no on day two, no on day three. And then he said, okay, it's time to get up. It's been three days, let's go ahead and get up from the grave. And it wasn't a burial, it was a plant because what would come forth would resurrect. So what is the actual biblical thing that we should do when we step into a new year? We gotta say, God, would you crush us? Because your crushing can lead to cultivation. And what comes after cultivation in God's timing and his time only? Resurrection. And so if you want some new things to resurrect in your life, don't pray the passionate yet biblical prayer of, God, would you use me? No, pray the prayer today. God, what do you want to crush out of me? Because there are things that are dead, and unless I call them dead and allow them to not just be buried, but actually be planted, resurrection can't happen. What good would it have been if Jesus didn't actually die? He had to actually die. He actually had to give up his privileges to pour out himself 
and he had three days of cultivation. And then he had resurrection. So what does God want to cultivate in your life this year? And it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. But it's worth it. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.